You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Today, my featured guest is Donnie Bovine, and he discovered he had been living other people's dreams, spending over two decades mastering sales, but not making but making other people wealthy, not himself. Startup Nation, do you relate to that? How long have you been working for somebody else's dream? Maybe you're out moonlighting on the side trying to get your own dream started, but you can't get that fire to ignite. What's the problem? We're going to get into that today. Now, Donnie, uh, confident in his sales ability and his local brand, uh, he jumped out on his own to chase his dream of building a business and inspiring others to go for it on their own to get that business freedom we all want. He quickly learned he had an employee mindset, not a business owner's mindset, and ran his business straight into the ground. While struggling to find his footing and build his business, he began to discover himself. Who was Donnie? Donnie's journey led him to build Success Champion, where badasses learn how to become the champion of their own business and personal success. Now he runs the Success Champion family of companies, Success Champion Networking, Get Paid to Speak Masterminds, Champions Table, and the Badass Business Summit. Who doesn't want to go to a Badass Business Summit? Come on. Rather than a Boring Business Summit, which we've been to. Uh, and there, they help businesses grow through referrals and badass collaboration. So Donnie, uh, welcome to your first 100K, top 100 podcast in entrepreneurship. Go ahead and just take 30 seconds, fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Yeah, for sure. So, and thanks for having me on the show, brother. Uh, I took, you know, I didn't start a business till I was 40. I didn't even know that was a possibility. I didn't even know that, you, that was going to be a thing. So I wasn't the kid who had the lemonade stand. Um, but, you know, September of 2017, I decided I was going to give this a go. Jumped out, walked away from an almost seven figure job and all the stuff. And the day after I launched the company, I had attorneys show up in my farm with non-compete papers. Mm. So at that point, I'd spent 20 years in straight commission, straight commission sales. 
And my last career was with an organization as a sales trainer and sales guy. And now I couldn't talk about the one thing I knew. I couldn't talk about sales, business development, and the likes. So mm. my first year, I was a success coach. And Joseph, I have no idea what the hell a success coach is. But obviously, it's some sort of business whore that just says yes to everything and tries to do everything to get some sort of business. So year one, I'm happy to dive into it, but it was a hot mess. Almost lost everything I freaking owned, um, found podcasting, turned the business around, uh, still have one of the top podcasts in the world. And uh, we have a second podcast that we launched as well, four best-selling books, six companies all together. And it's just been a hell of a journey to, to get here. So I'm excited to talk about that first year because it was, it was an absolutely hot mess. All right. Before we get into the first year, go ahead and share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Uh, you know, so people always think that I'm this like over the top alpha male freaking type of guy. And I'm really just a sweet, nice dude, man. I'm kind of like the, the, the guy next door. I love chick flicks. You know, I, I, I love... <laughs> Freaking hanging out with the wife. We go to Ren Fairs and all kinds of stuff. So so I come across as a very tough guy type attitude, man. But at the end of the day, I'm just like the dude next door. So is this all a personal brand that you created out of thin air? No, this is me. This is me. So I mean, it's parts how, of you, right? You're it, just accentuating them? I don't know, man. I mean... Um, for years, I did the corporate walk, right? You know, you, you wear the certain clothes, you walk the certain way, you drive to certain vehicles, you live in certain places. And, you know, I get off of work and I'd come home, I'd throw on a t-shirt and a ball cap, you know, drink rum, cuss, talk with the family. I mean, um, and this is who I was around the family. It's just that same person never showed up in, in the corporate world. So I would say I was being more not myself by being the straight lace guy, you know, but if you get around me, I'm a ball buster. I'm going to freaking, you know, don't give me an opening because I'm coming at you. And, and that is the same guy, but that same guy, you know, give you crap if I cry or anything. So, you know, it's just, it's all the complete package, but you know, I was given a presentation of the keynote for an event down in Florida and right before I walked on stage, the guy who paid $25,000 to bring me down to be the keynote grabs me by the arm. And one, I don't like being touched, but grabs me by the arm and goes, hey, before you go on stage, don't go full Donnie. And I said, what does that mean? And he goes, I'm afraid you're going to upstage me. And I said, dude, that was the dumbest thing you could have said to me. So I went out there, ran out there really quick. And I'm like, where the hell are all my badasses at? And that the crowd went bananas. And, and then I was in blue jeans, but I was in a button down. And that moment I realized that I hadn't shown up as me. And I'm like, from then on, they're getting me. So ball caps came out, t-shirts came out and, and full Donnie mode came to the stage. So it's not an act. It's not a front. It's not a brand. It's letting the world actually meet me and not giving a damn whether they like it or not. How did you make that transition inside, right? Your inner game. What did you have to shift? What limiting belief did you have to destroy in order to take that on unapologetically? Because I agree with you. So many times we're putting on a facade or we're only showing pieces of our personality or our character so that we can maintain acceptance in society. So 
what I see from you and other badasses that have these incredible personal brands is they finally just take the lid off and they're like, I don't care anymore. Love me, hate me, do whatever. I'm me. This is who I am. If you don't like it, go find someone else. And all of a sudden people just just are like moths to the flame. What did you shift on the inside to make that transformation? Um, you know, the biggest hurdle for me was I grew up in corporate America. And so the idea of cussing anywhere where anybody would know was, and hell, I still got my grandmother every once in a while. I can almost feel her gaze piercing down on me going, dude, what the heck? Like, I didn't talk this way around grandma, right? She was, you know, prim and proper, you know, so, um, but around all my military buddies, all my personal friends, you know, real life people, this is how I, I was. So I was really concerned when I first started, would people actually take a blue collar guy that runs a farm, lives out in the country, drives a truck, you know, and, and would they take them him serious in the business world? And the most fascinating thing has been is my people have shown up. And what I mean by my people is the people who talk like I talk, the people who want to be themselves more and, and are showing up that way because of how I continue to put myself out there. And once I realized the more I showed up of myself, because I had all the old people come to me. They're like, you know, if you didn't cuss so much, you'd grow a bigger business. And my response started becoming, thanks for proving you're not the type of person I want to work with. And, you know, it continued to solidify. And the more people that started coming to me and they're like, because you go so loud with who you are, it allows me to show up more as who I am. And I'm like, that's it. That's, that's, that's going to be the move. And it probably took me six months of being me and showing myself out there to be able to turn off the noise of the naysayers. So like, do you really have to say the F word? Do you really have to use that kind of language? It's just not professional. You, I mean, people were telling me I look dumb by talking this way. And, you know, people are entitled their, their, their own damn opinions. But more people were coming to me and like, thank you. I appreciate you doing this because this is who I really am. But you've given me the authority, the permission to be able to get out there and, and speak like I speak and talk like I talk. And I think it's small minded thinking on people's behalf when they believe somebody, if they cuss or they show up who they are, however that is, is inappropriate. That's your own opinion. and You can deal with your own head trash on that. Mm. So Startup Nation, this is probably pricking some of you. <laughs> Guaranteed. Right? This is creating an aisle. It's a divide. You're either going to agree with Donnie right now, or you're going to be like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get this guy. So Donnie, what are you saying? Are you telling all of us that we need to just start cursing in our no, business, in our no, public life? And all no. of a sudden that's going to bring out our inner badass, or no. is there something else that we're, no, we're it's, not it's getting? It's 100% being true to you. People always screw up this idea of authenticity. And I think it's a stupid overplayed word. Authenticity doesn't mean you do what the marketplace is doing. You, authenticity doesn't mean you share your breakfast. It doesn't mean you share your deep, darkest secret. It means you share the stories that you want to geek out on with your ideal audience and the people you want to hang out with. I don't want to hang out with a bunch of straight laced people, right? I want to hang out with a bunch of people that are just like me, right? We, we talk the same way. We talk about the same things. We geek out the same topics. We'll debate on the things. 
And, and all I want people to do is show up as they freaking are. If you don't cuss, don't cuss. I'm not saying you should cuss. Um, if, if you're Uber into whatever, bring that to the table because the more you geek out on whatever you geek out on, the more your people will come to the table. Like for years, I didn't tell people I did Renaissance fairs. And, you know, something my wife and I absolutely love to do is go to these damn Renaissance fairs, dress up, drink too much, have a lot of fun. Right. And go people watching. It's an amazing place. Go people watching. But I was so worried that people would think, oh, my God, that guy is such a geek that they wouldn't come to the table. But once I started talking about it, people were like, oh, my God, I do that, too. And, you know, so when you can let yourself be you, your people show up like another fascinating thing to kind of prove this point is I was 45 years old before I was diagnosed with having ADHD. And I was talking to my doctor and he told me, he's like, you know, you need to go get tested. So I went and got tested and proved positive of ADHD. And it wasn't an excuse for how I grew up as a kid, but it was definitely a, an idea or, a, you know, explanation of how I grew up. Well, I debated with myself, do I tell people that I have ADHD? Do I really want that message out there? Then I thought about most of my clientele are entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. And the doctor, one of the things he said to me is high-induced stress is usually what allows adults to start thinking about they may have something going on. I'm like, well, hell, high-induced stress, that's being an entrepreneur, period. And so I put a post out on LinkedIn that said, hey, this is kind of crazy, but I just got diagnosed with ADHD. And this has kind of been a cool journey and explanation of how I got there. And I really just kind of put it out there for, for me to say, hey, this is who I am. And the most phenomenal thing happened was a number of people that were like, hey, what were the indicators that made you go think about it? What made you start going that direction? The DMs that started coming through of people like, hey, where'd you go talk to? You know, And they were really curious and they were all good people that I've met with before. We just had this whole nother new connection that we mm. didn't have before. And it made such cool bonding relationships because now we all kind of have this understanding, well, crap, I've gone through that same thing too. And that's the power of showing up as yourself is it allows people to drop the veil and go, damn, that person is just like me. And it allows for a lot cooler dialogue. So what I'm hearing you say right now, and please correct me if I'm getting it wrong, is that in order to be truly authentic in our businesses, we want to not put up the facade of trying to look good, having it all figured out. Look at me. I'm perfect. I'm polished. It's kind of like the makeup, you know, that you see right. online where they're doing it all perfect and it's covering up who you really are. But rather to be authentic is taking off the mask, taking off the makeup and saying, hey, here's some of the things that I struggle with. Hey, here's some of the things that I'm challenged by. Hey, here's some of the situations I don't have a clue what I'm doing in right now. And here's also like some of the things I love doing. That's kind of embarrassing to be honest with you. I just geek out on these things. Anyone else? Is that, is yeah, that what I'm really, hearing I mean, you say? That, that's, that's, that's a really good way of putting it. And, and for me, it's about finding your people. And, and I just go back to it's, and by people, I don't mean race, nationalities, religions, all that. I'm just talking about people that geek out in the same stuff you geek out on. Because think about it this way. I mean, if you walk into a room of strangers, 
you know, for a lot of people, that first step is really hard to make. You know, what do I say to somebody? How do I talk to somebody? You know, what do I do? But if you all geek out on Star Wars, which I'm not a big Star Wars fan, and you want to talk Harry Potter, I've got Harry Potter tattoos. We can talk of that all day long, right? But we'll even use Harry Potter. If I, if, if, like, somebody can go to LinkedIn right now and type Harry Potter in the search bar. And I guarantee you, there's going to be people that have Harry Potter stuff on their profile. How about of a unique way of reaching out to somebody and going, man, I geek out on Harry Potter too. It's so cool that you put that in your LinkedIn profile as a first introduction to somebody. You know, it gives you a dialogue. It gives you a way to connect with people and it allows you to get equal playing field for everybody. Nobody's better than anybody else. Nobody's doing more. You just geek out on this. I mean, take somebody like Jay Leno who geeks out on his cars. Right. People made fun of this dude for years with chin and everything else, but he geeked out on cars. That guy will walk up to the mechanic working on one tiny car that's his baby, and they can geek out for hours being the same person just geeking out on cars. It's the same thing for me is go share with the world exactly who you are so so your people can come up and you can just have some cool conversations because at the end of the day, no matter what you're selling, what you're building, people buy from people. This allows you to be a real person and get beyond all the sales crap that idiots have taught for years and years and years and years. Where, what advice would you give to the entrepreneur listening right now that says, what do I start with? Like, what geeking out do I share? There's many things I geek out on or there's certain things I geek out on that I'm embarrassed by. And I, I, I don't feel like maybe I feel afraid to put it out there of what use is it going to be? Like, well, what, what would you say to them? I, I think I would first try and understand what thing you geek out on that you want to connect with the your clientele or your prospective clientele or your tribe of your people. So it's not about sharing everything you geek out on. It's about understanding your audience. So take the idea of ADHD for me, mm -hmm. right? I knew that would resonate with my 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 people you know, the people that I want to do business with. So it's more about understanding who your audience is and how you can connect. I mean, take somebody like Gary Vee. I mean, it's the reason he does garage sales and all that stuff because his tribe is the hustlers. You know, the guys that'll go flip a $12 coffee mug to $20, right? That's his people. That's who he wants to be around. Not my people. Right. I don't want to be around those people. I'm nothing wrong with Gary, but I don't want to be around those those type of people. But that's the reason he does it. And so I would tell people to think about your audience and who do you want to surround yourself with? Who do you want to hang out with on a regular basis and then pick that thing? to go all in. And it doesn't have to be something crazy like Ren Fairs. It doesn't have to be something crazy like ADHD. I mean, it can be something, maybe you geek out on podcasting, maybe you geek out on books, you know, it's whatever it is, just know that that's going to become part of your brand. And so for me, it was showing up as me it started it all. This is powerful dialogue. It's a different conversation altogether. So in my uh, day job, so to speak, when I'm not podcasting, Donnie, uh, I'm an elite men's coach, right? So I work with very high achieving, successful guys that have crushed it in business or they're crushing it now, but they go home miserable, right? right. Uh, unhappy, yep. stressed out, angry, these types of things. And something I've shared that I struggle with uh, that's also been very helpful to become successful in my business 
but kills my personal life is I have major control issues. Mm. All right. So I call myself a little control freak and I'm like, who are my other control freaks? Come on. We're all a bunch of little control freaks. Like put it out there. It makes us good in business, but it destroys our relationships at home. And guys really, my audience, my, my people, they really connect with that. They're like, you know what? I am a little control freak. Darn it. My wife's been telling me for years. My kids tell me I got to control even the family vacation. Everything's yep. got to be the way dad wants it. Yep. You know, yep. is that, no, a, is that a, an that, example? That's a perfect example. I mean, that's a real thing because your audience, being that it is kind of those alpha male guys and everything, you know, it lets them know, okay, this guy gets me. This guy knows what I'm dealing with. Cool. It's not going to be fluff. And, and that's kind of the way it goes out there by you getting vulnerable enough to say something that's not even a bad thing, right? You know, it's, it's just who you are at your core. You know, so I said, I tell people, don't go share your deepest, darkest secrets. That's your crap, right? You know, unless you're a trauma coach of some sort, you know, right, right. That, that's a whole nother conversation. But you're trying to find those things like control freak, you know, things like that, that your people, the one that are going to be into you, the people that are going to spend money with you, the people that are going to be investing in you go, yeah, that's my guy. That's my gal, you know, and you're going to be blown away. Um, I've, I've seen guys do this. There's a, a guy I know locally. He runs a garage door company, right? Garage door. He geeks out on cars. And so all he does is put a post out, hey, who's got a cool car? And then he drives his truck to their place, wherever they are, and takes a picture of this guy, their cool car, tells the story. And he's running a massive garage door repair company because he's geeking out on cars. And, and it's, that's the idea is what's that thing that the people you want to be doing business with geek out that you guys can geek out on with together. All right. This is a totally different, awesome conversation, Startup Nation, right? This is kind of fun. A fun way to approach business is to start with what you like, your personal interests, your hobbies, or even the things you struggle with that you know your audience also struggles with. And to just put it out there and just start talking about it, you know? So, Donnie, uh, Let's let's shift uh, just the trajectory here just a little bit. What's been other than sharing what you geek out on? What's been the number one marketing strategy uh, that has helped you attract more clients in all of your businesses? Yeah. So, uh, well, there's a couple of them. Um, so the biggest one is being a guest on podcast. I've been interviewed over four, going on five hundred times. You know, so it's fun to to capitalize and provide value for somebody else's audience. So people raise their hand um, and come back and check you out and see who you are. LinkedIn right now is dominating for sure, a billion percent over every social platform for business. And if you don't believe me, freaking go to LinkedIn tell a freaking personal story, put a business twist on the end of it, long form style and watch me, but it's gotta be a personal story. So like a post I put out a few days ago said, my wife and I went on a hike. We took a loop that we didn't know how big it was. We get into this loop and realize we might've bit off more than we can chew. We're dang near lost in the woods. And, you know, we don't know which way to go. One thing we got is a path in front of us to follow. And I'm like, isn't that a cool way to look at business is sometimes you just got to keep taking the next step. 
And that's how I twisted it at the end. And the number of comments and people that came into it goes, oh, that's such a great analogy. You know, it's a great way to look at it. You do that every day on LinkedIn and watch your follower and your people show up because they're learning from your stories and what you're doing and what you're putting out there. Um, it's like with Success Champions Networking. We have so many stories of people of finding success in the things they're doing by, you know, being a part of these networking groups that they're taking the same ideas, same stories, putting them out there. And not only are they opening doors for themselves, they're opening doors for a ton of other people. So LinkedIn by far is dominating right now. It's easy, probably the easiest platform to actually grow a following on. And followers usually, if done right, and you're not gaming the system, will lead to some sort of business. So to clarify, is that the most effective marketing formula for LinkedIn right now, in your opinion, is share a personal story and just put a business twist on the end? Yeah, I would, to make sure it works, I would go out and comment on five to 10 posts out there that are similar in nature, similar people who have the following that you want to go after, and then post. And then do it every day. Do it for the next 30 days and watch what happens. All right. There you go, Startup Nation. Pretty cool strategy there. All right, Donnie, what's been the number one daily habit or weekly habit uh, that has helped you become successful in business? So we have a rule in, in our companies that you're a salesperson first, you do your job second. So everybody's a salesperson. If you can't sell, you won't work for my company. And we're not the the over-the-top gregarious beat the crap out of them. I don't believe in closing. Um, I believe in closure. I don't believe in overcoming objections. I don't believe in convincing somebody to do business with you. Because if you got to overcome objections, you got to convince them, you got to grind them to do business with them. That's going to be the most miserable client you ever work with in your life, right? I believe in providing a ton of value, getting the closure. Let's get a yes. Let's get a no. Let's get a next step on the calendar, you know, but, but quit trying to force people to do business with you. It's a surefire way to go out of business. So, um, but everybody be a salesperson first. You will never hit your first 100K if you can't sell, right? If you cannot sell, you tell people you're not a salesperson, you tell people that you can't do this, go get a job. Because without sale, without being the ability to sell, the ability to go find somebody who's never heard of you, strike up a conversation, get that person to believe that you're the person that can solve their problem and issue. You decide that's the person you want to work with and you get them to agree to let's partner up and do business together. If you cannot do that, you might as well go get a job because trying to build this business is going to be such a grind, such a beating and the mental game, you're going to kick your own butt on like you wouldn't believe. You see that I said, but not the other word, but you're going to freaking destroy yourself um, trying to build this thing. If you don't embrace sales. By the way, Donnie, I want to acknowledge you on behalf of Startup Nation for really taking custody of your language this entire interview, <laughs> yeah. my friend. Don't 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 go listen to anything else I've done if, if uh, <laughs> profanity offends you. <laughs> no, this is this is very powerful. So, is there any formula that you follow that maybe it's just involuntary? involuntary uh, to you now because you've practiced it so much in those sales conversations when you walk into a networking opportunity is there some kind of formula that you just intuitively follow or are you just literally just showing up being yourself winging it and people just like you so much they want to do business and it just happens organically or is there a formula a structure there's more of a structure for me um because i've 
I don't have time to just sit back and let things happen and come to me. So I'm, I'm very much, let's go get it. So um, I don't do any sort of in-person networking um, because we're in such a cool space and time. I do everything virtually all over the world and it just, you can just meet so many cool people, people and things that way. So for, for me, it's how quick can I get the right person to a zoom call? And, you know, I'm always going to start every conversation off with, Hey, tell me your story. How did you get where you are? And for me, I know the exact profile of an individual I want to do business with, no matter what company we're putting it under, what business we're doing. I know who I want to work with. And there's so much power in knowing exactly who you want to work with. So when somebody, when I tell somebody to tell me their story, I always make them go first. It allows me to listen for the things that I can go, okay, this is the type of person that I want to do business with. And some of the things I'm looking for is this the same person that I get if we went out and had a beer together? And I'm not even much of a beer drinker, give me rum, but you know, would I get the same person showing up? Do I want to spend a lot of time with this person? You know, do they have the budget to be able to do business with me? Would they commit the time to do business with me? Do I want to invest that much time in them? And so as they're telling me their story and things are unfolding, I'm kind of checking off the business, off those, those comments and questions. And I'm actually trying to disqualify the individual from actually doing business with me. And by thinking about it from the perspective of how do I disqualify this individual, it keeps me from being the grease ball, right? And saying, you know, well, let me tell you how awesome my business is and all the things and all the stupid crap that still gets taught. I don't understand why it still gets taught, but it allows you to go in and say, man, I love everything you're telling me here, but I'm not sure what I have to offer. You're quite ready for it yet. And watch the people lean in because you're having a real damn conversation versus playing some freaking game. And you'll see more people want to prove that they actually want to do business with you. And you don't have to, you know, do any stupid closing strategies and tactics. So let them speak first, let them tell the information and know exactly who you want to work with and disqualify people if they don't fit those parameters. Your conversations will get a lot better and a lot more fun because every sales conversation, both people should walk away going, damn, that was a hell of a conversation. And if you're not doing that, then you're probably being the greaseball salesperson. Powerful. All right. We've been speaking with uh, Donnie Bovin and uh, Bovine. Bovine. Thank you. You can find him at successchampionnetworking.com. Donnie, we're going to take a quick commercial break here. Okay. And we're back with Donnie Bovine. And Donnie, we're about to enter the hustle round. This is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. It's cool. just for fun. It's like a game show. Don't overthink it. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. What's your favorite thing about owning your own business or businesses? That I get to choose the 90 hours a week that I get to work. Nice. What's your least favorite thing? That I get to choose the 90 hours a week that I want to work. Now, it's, it's really comes down to uh, always having to be the guy to call the shots. Mm. Sometimes you want to break. So I got to ask you this. I would be remiss if I didn't. Many people, when they hear you work 90 hours a week, they're like, not that's, the hustle a, and grind. <laughs> that's a workaholic. Like, that's like, how do you have time for family and prioritizing the relationships that matter? Like, are you challenged by that? Like, no. do you feel you work too much or no. nah, this is, 
this is my yeah. source. This is awesome. Yeah. So here's the thing. I'm not the hustle and grind. You work whatever hours that allow you to live the life you want to live. That's all I give a damn about. You know, I have a full working farm, you know, as part of this. So not only do we do all this, but there, I don't believe in work-life balance. I think that's a myth. And I think only people that are looking for some sort of work-life balance, they hate what they do. You know, it's the only way to look at it. So for me, it's about, you know, and, and the idiot whoever said, do what you love, never work a day in your life. That's just a moron statement because we work harder doing what we love than anything else we do in life. And so, so agreed. For, for, for me, it's, it's not about 90 hours. It's about that I get to choose to work that many and and do what i love and i get to impact a lot of lives and there's a lot of power being able to impact a lot of lives and allow them to get to some sort of business freedom that's that's the beauty behind it all i believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life it's just part of the human condition for sure what are you currently struggling with right now either professionally or personally so for me, it's always finding enough of the team members to allow us to go bigger. So, you know, we look for a very unique individual that can run with us. I'm not looking for somebody who just wants a job. You know, we, we have a, a champion's code inside of our company that we live by. And one of those codes is go break stuff, although we use a different word. Um, and, and if people are just looking for a place to be comfortable and to do their thing, show up and do their eight to five, that's not who we're looking for. So trying to find these drivers and these people that really want to work. And I don't care if they're introverted, extroverted, they got to be able to be driven in what they're passionate about. So that, that always slows us down um, as far from a growth standpoint. What's been the best strategy to find those people that are that hungry? say that out loud a lot on a lot of podcasts over and over and over again. So people start raising their hand and that's, we found a lot of people to come work with us um, from podcasts. It's awesome. What are you most afraid of? That it's all going to work. How do you mean that? So we've got this monstrous vision. We're literally changing how the world networks right now. We're the fastest growing networking organization on the planet. And it's doing everything that we had set out and planned. So everything that we put in motion is working. At some point, it's what happens when we get to where that big vision is. Will we be able to handle it, hold on, and make it work? It's a massive fear because you don't know what you don't know until you get there. And then for me, it goes to then what's next, right? Yeah. Once you get there. So probably the two biggest fears. Sounds like an adventure to me. It is. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in business? <laughs> Creating. So growing up, I never saw the CEOs in a company. Uh, you know, only time I saw a CEO in a corporation was if I landed a really big deal, lost a really big deal, or maybe there was a merger and acquisition. So when I first started out, I thought the CEO sat in a corner office and just did stuff and was never out selling, never out doing anything. And so for the, so I, the reason I almost lost my entire business was because I was back creating things and building stuff. We're not doing the one thing that I need to be doing, which is outselling. So a good piece of advice for all your listeners is stop creating, go sell it, then build it, go sell it, then build it. Because if you can't sell it, there's no reason to build it. And it is proving ground for everything and allow you to keep doing a lot of stupid ideas and trying a lot of dumb things. Now, we've heard this on other shows and other guests where people say, hey, build it, 
uh, go go sell it first, or I don't sell anything until sorry, I don't build anything or create any product until I sell it first to my audience. What's the proper way of presenting that or pitching your audience uh, in a way where it actually converts rather than um, you just get these blank stare commitments like, oh yeah, if you do that, I would definitely buy it, but they won't run the credit card. How do you make that transition with the, your clients? One, take the word pitch out of it and it'll make it a lot easier. Present it and have it ready to rock and roll. So for everything that we roll out in any of our companies, we have the Stripe account set up because we do everything's automated payments. I'm not chasing mm -hmm. people's money. Um, and so we will literally say, okay, like we, we started Get Paid to Speak Mastermind as one of the companies. And we're like, all right, no idea what content we're going to teach. We're just going to put it out there. So we said, guys, you know how many stages we get on. You know what we do. We're launching this. It starts at X date. Is that something you'd be interested in? And we had a drove of people sign up. We're like, crap, this is real. Now we got to go build the damn thing. So, so we listened first to the marketplace, you know, um, and by listening, we'll grab a couple of ideas out of what they're talking about our tribe. So the biggest thing anybody can do is build a community. If you're not building a community right now, you are missing out on a huge opportunity, but so we listen to the community, we get a few ideas of what they want to do, and then we go build it. Meaning we build the infrastructure to sell it. And then we present it out to everybody. And if people buy, we move with it. If only a handful of people buy, we'll just say, look, this is not the direction we're going to go. Here's your money back. Um, Got it. So back. there's no no fear of loss or anything, nah. rejection, anything whatsoever in doing that approach. Nah. What secret fear do you have about people? Uh, I don't like people. I mean, uh, so I mean, truth be told, I if if I could sit here on the farm all day, and I'm an extroverted guy. But people just wear me out. So this is why I've done the thing of find your tribe, find the people you can geek out on so you can find a commonality because I'm, I'm not great at small talk. Um, you know, I just don't care about the chitter chatter banter. I don't give a mm -hmm. shit. Crap. Sorry. I don't give a crap about what you had for breakfast um, or anything like that. So it's literally, you know, that's my biggest struggle. So, so this is why I push so hard to geek out on what you geek out on. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? To think like a CEO. You know, the, I think the most monumental transformation is going from an employee mindset to a CEO mindset. Uh, an employee always thinks how. How do I get this done? How do I get this done? A CEO always thinks who can get this done. And it's a massive shift in how you look at your business and how you run your business. And when you think in, in who, you start being okay, letting people be smarter than you are and geek out on what they geek out on. And it's a, it's a, was monumental shift for me and being able to get to a place where we could scale. Growing a business is easy. Scaling a business is a whole nother level. I agree. What's a new habit you're going to create this year? Ooh, you know, we've got so much momentum going right now that I haven't focused on anything I'm, um, that I need to work on more. I think I need to continue to explore and break more things so I can find out where I'm really, really screwing things up. And then I'm just not a guy who focuses on weaknesses or anything like that. I just want to run. So, so I, that honestly, I don't have anything. So if I asked you, what's a bad habit you want to break, would you have an answer? Um, I don't know, maybe trying to sleep in a little bit more, but 
I'm also the guy that, I mean, I don't mind being up at four o'clock every morning, you know? So, so seriously, I'm just in a good place in life. It hasn't always been this way. I mean, over the years, I mean, there's definitely been some rough rides and stuff, but I, I'm in a good place right now. It's awesome to hear. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Um, authentic, driven, and pissed off. And the reason I say pissed off is because I want to impact and change and fix a lot of things that a lot of dumb people have broken by the way they've put themselves out to the world and taught people the wrong crap from whether it's sales to networking, whether it's business development, whether it's how they show up. So many people have taught so many dumb, scammy things. Let me put myself in front of the big, big old car and shiny objects and the fake freaking mansions. I just want more of us that are getting loud and going, dude, don't do any of that crap. Um, I want to fix a lot of that. So, so we're, I'm on a pretty hefty mission to bring something as easy and simple as sales to the people who really, really struggle with it. But all they've learned and heard is, is the crap that's been touted for years. Startup Nation, being pissed off about something in your industry or how your competitors do business and don't serve people well is the very fuel that you're looking for, for your why, Agreed. for your vision. That's the fuel that keeps you going. Donnie, pick three words to describe who you were your first year in business. Come on. Uh, uh, let's see. First word would be clueless, lost, and well-intentioned. Yeah, that's called naive. Well yeah. done. I like it. And last question, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye, give them only one piece of advice about real success, what would you say to them? Go break it. Um, don't let anybody tell you what you can do in life and don't get stuck on this is the thing. You know, if I went back even to my younger years, you know, you went, you got a job, you worked for somebody else, you retired working for somebody else. And, and that's what I always knew. Nobody ever looked at me and said, hey, why don't you go try something different? Why don't you figure out what's something you always wanted to explore and go explore and go break it so you learn from it. And, and, and it's, I'm not talking about, you know, you need to go track across Europe or anything, but I think Mark Cuban's got a fascinating story is he didn't know how to sell. So he went and got a sales job. He didn't know computers. So he went and got a computer job. He didn't know how to be a manager or leader. So he went and got a management job. I never had that thought process of, I need to go learn something to see if I want to do that, or if that's something that I should try. And I think success comes from finding your things that you geek out on. And then making a collection of people that geek out on the things you don't, as far as business is concerned, and bringing them all together and let everybody geek out in, in their worlds and watch magic happen. And I think success comes from, and I think success is only found by those of us that are too dumb to throw in the towel. Um, when most people would quit and go back and get a job, or they would say, you know, this isn't going to work, that's the people that push past that point and keep going. When their friends are telling them they're dumb, when everything points to the direction they should quit, it's those that held on just a little bit longer that things started turning and growing, and then they could start applying all those lessons. You'll build whatever you want. This is the part of the show, Donnie, where you get to give my listeners, my audience, Startup Nation, a homework assignment for this week. 
Mm. What's so, one thing that they need to do to grow their business, grow their income, grow their impact? What do you got? So next 90 days, 100 yeses. And what I mean by 100 yeses is within the next 90 days, especially if you struggle with sales, if you go get into 100 conversations with somebody who can say yes to you, right, which means they have the time, budget, and can make the decision to say yes to you, 100 conversations in the next 90 days, you're going to be amazed and blow away how big your business grows in that short amount of time. Because the number one thing that's holding people back is they are not getting into the conversations. They're not doing the habits and behaviors that allow them to get into potential yes conversations. And I hope you get a crap ton of no's during the 100 yes. You know, sometimes, like you said, if you make the intention of the call to get to the no quicker, yep. like you're literally looking for the no or to disqualify them, you're blown away at how many people actually say yes. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. Donnie, you know, what would be in order to get those hundred yeses over the next 90 day challenge, great challenge, by the way, what, what is the number one way to get those people on phone calls or on video zooms or whatever? If you don't have a tribe right now, yep. you haven't built them yet. 20 to 50 reaches out on LinkedIn every day. So, you know, know the parameters of who you want to work with. What's their title? What's their role? What they do? Go to LinkedIn, 20 to 50 reach outs any day. And if you think that's too many reach outs, that's really low because you can do a lot more than that. But 20 to 50 reach outs every day and just start going. Don't. And if they respond, you know, your response is always, hey, thanks for taking my connection request. Tell me a little bit about your world. Don't pitch. Don't throw anything stupid out there. Tell me a little bit about your world. When they come back and they're probably going to ask you to tell you a little bit about your world, right? So tell them your story. Don't pitch. Don't sell. Don't do anything. When And have a cut and paste story that you can quickly paste in there and say, here's my story. You know, fascinating. I'd love to hear more about your journey. Interested in jumping on a Zoom call. And then get as many of those Zoom calls as you can possibly get. Don't pitch. Don't sell. Don't do anything. Literally connect. No message with the connect. When they come do connect, tell me a little bit about your story. And use that phrase, tell me a little bit about your story. It works really well. When they do, they're probably going to ask you, hey, the, well, tell me a little bit about you. Very quickly, tell them about how you got into your career, your company, whatever you're doing. Don't pitch, don't sell, don't do anything. And go, I'm fascinated to learn more about your story. Would you want to jump on a Zoom call? You do that and can be blown away by how many Zoom conversations you get into. And then get into those conversations, be a human being. Don't go into those conversations trying to sell anything. Go in and help them. Push them into making better decisions for their company. Like I literally, every time I sit across from somebody, I want them to go, holy crap, he just fixed everything in my business. This was everything I needed to hear. Because when you can do that and you can provide that much value, you'll never have to ask for the business. They will literally go, Donnie, how can I work with you more? because you've provided them so much damn value. If you can't do that, then the second part of that homework is, I want 100 people that you ask them to do business with you. Because if you really suck at, suck at sales all together, you get so much head trash going on, 100 conversations, every one of those conversations, you must ask that person to do business with you. And you will learn your entire sales process and how to do it so you don't even have to ask for the business. All right, Startup Nation, powerful challenge right there. Are you going to do it or are you just going to complain about your situation? You decide. All right, Donnie, 
Startup Nation. If you enjoyed this show, go to uh, first100k.com, first100k.com, write a review. If it's five stars, I'll probably read it aloud on the show. If it's four or less, I, I didn't even see it. I don't, I don't even know what to tell you. It doesn't exist to me. No, just kidding. Uh, Donnie, what's the best way for Startup Nation to get in touch with you if they so choose? Yeah, for sure. If they text the word success to 817-318-6030, we'll send them all of our social links, but we'll also send them some free books and some free information talking about growing in uh, your business and sales. Um, or then come check us out on the Growth Mode Podcast, where we launch a new show every week. Me and Kevin Snow, our COO, who's a very introverted guy. I'm a very extroverted guy, even though I don't like people. Um, and we we talk about sales, scaling, and growing your business. So, But guys, do me a huge favor. Joseph does a hell of a job on this show. and He's really good at asking some killer questions. A lot of the questions would be the things I'd want to be asked if I was you know, listening in the car. Do him one favor. If you get any value out of this episode, share this out with one person and just say, hey, you need to tune in and listen to the show because tell you, growing a business, keeping a massive audience and doing it, it's a lot of damn work. And if you literally will share this out for every, for at least one person, dude, it's like you walked up and gave him a virtual hug. Don't give him a real hug in person. He probably won't like that, but it's like you gave him a virtual hug. It'll mean a lot to him. Yeah, because they may be like Donnie, and they don't want you to touch them. Don't touch them. <laughs> All right, Donnie, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Oh, my honor, brother. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Startup Nation. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to my show. Whenever you're ready, there are three ways I can help you. Number one, grab your free 10-day training at first100k.com. That's first100k.com. Number two, get your hands on a copy of my new book, Your First 100K, How to Make Six Figures in Under 12 Months at josephwarren.net. That's josephwarren.net. And number three, connect with me to discuss how I can work with you on a more personal or one-on-one -on -one level at blowuprocks.com. That's blowuprocks.com. Com. I'll see you next week on your first 100K. And remember that wherever you are in your entrepreneurial journey, you're just 100K away.